0: Okay, here we go. Oh my goodness, everybody! Hello and welcome to Saltine on Eggs Isle episode numerals. Um, we are so happy to be with you here live at the Commons. Yes. And um, we want to thank our benefactor, Dave LaFrance, who personally finances my life. And oh, my goodness, welcome, welcome in, darlings. And listeners at home, we had some latecomers who we love latecomers. And latecomers, there's chairs in there if you want to grab some, okay? And listeners at home, there's a chair you're sitting on. Or there's a car seat you're sitting on. And maybe a Chevrolet. Maybe a Jeep. All I know is we're here together. And I'm so happy to be here with you. Um, This is my first time back in Provincetown since April. And boy, has it changed. The meth is still here. The MDMA is still here. But luckily, I escaped for Circuit Queen week, so I am feeling alive. So, also listeners at home, I forgot to ask someone for a lovely help being a timer, because I can only be talking for 30 minutes. So can someone put on a time for 27 minutes for me? Listeners at home, you can do this too, and email me when the 27 (laughs) minutes has gone by, where you were. I would love and appreciate that. So my dears, um, who have we missed on Exile? I feel like there's some people we haven't visited in a long time. So um, who was that? There was the first name of this person I'm remembering it was something pink, I think. What was the, what was that? It was like that person's name, It was something pink. Hibiscus. Yeah, Hibiscus. Oh my, god! what was Hibiscus's last name? Does anyone, it was something. Detroit. Yes, Hibiscus Detroit. Oh My god hibiscus Detroit. I miss her so much. Do you remember hibiscus? Yes, oh my god, of course monkey bar hibiscus Detroit Was the first Bartender the first a.m. Bartender at monkey bar Do y'all remember that in 91 when monkey bar decided to do um, a one-hour oh. brunch a one-hour brunch tacos Do you remember that? It was when cuz um it was when Hibiscus just got back from um, Mexico and um, she had just discovered tacos. She had never had a taco in her life because she is from Detroit. Um, <laughs> and in Detroit, they did not have tacos. In the burbs of Detroit, there were not tacos until 2000. So Hibiscus Detroit goes to Mexico and sits down at a meal and says, "I would, and she goes to the bartender at the, um, a shack outside of the airport and she says, give me something that'll make my stomach and my toilet hate me (laughs) but that will make me feel like i am alive and that bartender took some corn tortillas which was a mind f to hibiscus that corn could ever be a bread product (laughs) and he put ground beef salsa verde (laughs) cheese. And he, spicy beef, and he slipped that across the bar to her. She took one bite of that and smacked him across the face. <laughs> then she sucked on the part of him that she smacked until she gave him a hickey. Then he made love to her on the bar. Yes, nine months later, they did have a child named Hickey. <laughs> who you might know is the person who rings the bell in the harbor. But Hibiscus Detroit was blown away by this experience because she lived such a sheltered life. Imagine being a girl in Detroit, in the suburbs of Detroit, and the only activity that your parents will let you do is pointillism. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Do you know how hard it is? Has anyone here done a pointillism work? No. Yeah. Who? Can't tell. <laughs> that is a <laughs> grueling work, is it not? So boring. It's so boring. I did one, actually. I was um, the heir of (laughs) Surat. Became best friends with me during the um, 1987 World Fair in Taiwan. Um, We were shooting crabs together. And by shooting crabs, I mean we were using a pellet gun at our infestations. (laughs) But, um, yes, so I was Surat. So Surat air asked me we want a work the Art Institute of Chicago really wants to show off their collection of my great great uncle's work I would love if you could do a modern take of this so I said sure so I actually took my crabs one by one and put them on the canvas and then shot them until their blood speckles created a a white and red um, a white and red value painting and what was the painting of? It was a self-portrait, of course. It was a picture of me with one giant pubic lice on my wig. I mean, my hair. And it was because of this painting that, that took me, honestly, three weeks of my life, which maybe doesn't sound like a lot to you, but imagine being in a hold-up room in Berlin, New York, <laughs> in a garret, with the only thing to entertain you, except for your work, is. Um, the book that Charlotte Bronte wrote about how to be a good governess <laughs> which I actually put to use every single day because I do watch children on Exile did you know that? I'm actually the, the only babysitter on Exile <laughs> because I'm the only one with enough patience but I'm also the only one with enough discipline um, I don't accept any bad behavior one time little Clarice Lemons um, <laughs> thought it would be fun to fill my bra with plaster of Paris. So let's just say, when life gives you lemons, squeeze them in a child named Clarissa Lemon's eyes (laughs) and ask her to shoot an arrow into a crowd. Yes, it was that violent. Luckily, she just got my pet seagull, who cannot die. Have you seen my pet seagull? Oh my gosh. I don't know where he is. Maybe he's out of these windows right now. Um, my pet seagull, Krusty, um, has one wing, flies hundreds of miles in one go. Um, Krusty, you actually probably have seen it. Krusty is really good friends with a three-legged fox. Do y'all know the three-legged fox in town? Um, they're actually lovers, which is sweet. And I'm not normally into inter love, but <laughs> I think when you ha- are that niche of a market, why not go for it? So, Hibiscus, Detroit. Um, was doing. Yeah. Water. water p- oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was she actually doing? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, why do we get to pointillism? <laughs> because that's just what she, just she is. No one remembers. How I <laughs> okay, so sister Detroit it was. She was so bored, the only activity her parents would let her do was pointalism. Remember things so I don't have to, please. <laughs> so she only was allowed to do pointillism as a child until she was 18 and she ran away why did she run away to provincetown because she saw a person i will not use a gender walk out of a ungendered bathroom which amazing suburban detroit ahead of its time Um, and then they had an incredibly beautiful shawl um a see-through shawl with nothing on underneath And then Hibiscus Detroit followed the wagging tail all the way to the Peter Pan bus, where she hopped on a bus, just made friends with this person, a sweet, incredible person, who was the town crier um, 1951 to 1953, Bugs Bunny. Um, Not the syndicated cartoon, Bunny with an (laughs) IE. An amazing drag artist. Um, But that was how Hibiscus Detroit got to Provincetown. And then she began to do No. Water volley. volley. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the sport water volley? You never have? Um, You get soccer balls. You fill them with water. And you travel around the country to different um, professional soccer meets. It's kind of like inspired by Tom Brady deflating (laughs) some of the balls. That's where he got the idea, actually. Um, And then so when the men's soccer team begins, um, a very beautiful person streaks with their boobs out So no one will look at the other person switching the ball for the one filled with water And then you watch as the person goes for that first punt And then you watch their toes shatter There's actually a wing in Beth Israel Hospital for the shattered toes of soccer players victims of water volley And water bottle is banned in 49 states, not including Puerto Rico. (laughs) So, Hibiscus Detroit is on exile because um, she never made a lot of money. She never really cared to save. You know, she wasn't a saver. Um, Her parents told her that um, they had been savers all their life, they made a good amount of money. They said, follow your dreams. Because when we die, you can just have our savings. Mm-hmm. That was until both of her parents had triple bypass colorectal cancer. <laughs> and all the money went into the care. <gasps> <laughs> Life's hard. So Hibiscus Detroit did not have money. So she was suffering in Provincetown. So she had been banking on this forever. So now here she is, 45 years old. No. Also, I apologize if anyone's parents did have colorectal cancer. <laughs> um, she, it was, they're 45 years old. No savings. Not a drop to her name. So what the hell was she going to do? She lived... Do you know the house... Um, where on Commercial Street is that? You know the house... Um, that's like the old firehouse on commercial street that they just sold with the flag out front she used to live behind that in a little shed um this shed was built with spare parts from the coca-cola company um which in fact is in detroit which her mother had sent her these so she begged pleading i have no place to live i have no place to live i have a man who wants me once a month who said i can live behind his house if i service him on the full moon but I have no materials to make my, my house. So in the next week in the mail, she got express um, was these spare parts from the Coca-Cola company. Mm-hmm. The apartment that she built, she was a very crafty woman, by the way. The apartment she built looked like something out of the Vietnam War <laughs> meets the Agent Orange factory. <laughs> exactly. It was. Um, yes. <laughs> it looked toxic. It looked unsafe. It looked unwell. It looked like some the person who lived in there needed to be medicated, which thankfully she was. Although it was her who was prescribing the medication, she microdosed um, arsenic. <laughs> um, she had read in a homeopathy journal. That arsenic, actually taken in minute doses, um, created the opposite effect of the poison. So instead of killing you, it made you, life happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she microdosed arsenic her entire life. And when you walked, when you used to drive it, you would turn that curve on your bike, and you'd be happy, joyous, and free. And then you see this little pit of hell sneaking out behind this building, and your heart would drop. Oh, sorry, my phone's ringing. Oh, no, it's it's my birth control alarm. It literally is. Thank God. Does that mean I should take the pill? I think that means I deserve the pill. Ah, who am I kidding? I haven't been on birth control since my hysterectomy. (laughs) The day George Bush got elected. The day George Bush got elected the second time I walked to my PCP, and I said, take it out. I said, take it out, because I'm not bringing something into this world. The day that Trump got elected, that's when I had a schisterectomy. You know what a schisterectomy is? When they remove your first sphincter. Thank you. That's my Alzheimer's medication. And that I will take. Speaking of my Alzheimer's, what was Hibiscus Detroit doing? <laughs> um, she was living in the shack. Yeah. So she's in this beautiful shack. Yes, in the made-at-home shack. So, but she loved it. Like, yeah, sure. Everyone else was like annoyed and thought it was disgusting. And when you walked by, it did creak and sound like farts. <laughs> but she had a beautiful life there. She, um, her last year in Provincetown was making money um, making homemade smoothies um, out of her. It was the like beginning of grab-and-go before Michelle made it a nice thing. Um, <laughs> but Hibiscus Detroit just sat outside with her um, Nutra Vita Blender mix and she just had a bag of roasted cashews that people would refill with peanuts or whatever they had on hand. And she would pick some of the um, wintercress or some of the chicory or some of the what other weeds? Dandelion, 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 dandelion weeds. Dandelion weeds there. And then you could you could hear it you could hear it in the east end. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Crunch, crunch, crunch. crunch. <laughs> exactly. And it was when her best customers, um, the people that gave her the most money, were the children. The children loved these smoothies. And they loved Hibiscus Detroit. What they would do is they would order a smoothie, um, wait for her to make it. They would laugh as she farted as she was making it. <laughs> and then when she was done with the smoothie, she'd hand it in a lovely, reducer reuse, recycled someone else's Coca-Cola bottle. And they would open it and throw it at her face and say, Thanks, ugly. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Um, I love it. I did it with the children when I was there too. And she loved it too. She would laugh, she'd wipe her eyes free of the smoothie and she'd be laughing and hollering. And we'd do it again 10 minutes later. And she'd say, you promise you're not gonna throw this at me, right? <laughs> she never cared, we called her ugly. Um, you promise you're not gonna throw this at us, right? And we'd say, no, I swear we're not, Miss Hibiscus. There was a, a group of, um, an H-1 visa of, from the South came up that year. And they said, no, Miss Hibiscus, we're not going to throw this at you again. And then she'd make that smoothie. And she'd start. And then she would pour it into a, this time she poured it into this Beautiful is the year Dasani came out with their new waters. A beautiful BPA riddled Dasani bottle without a cap. And she said, You're not gonna throw this at me, right? And then the kids would say, No best, we're not gonna throw this at you. And then she'd turn her big bum around, and then they threw it in her butthole that time. Uh, and she was so scared, she squeezed it and it shot across the street. <laughs> and actually, John Dowd commemorates that moment by, if you look at the top left corner of his house, there's still a little brown stain <laughs> that he leaves as a commemoration for Hibiscus Detroit. He was actually one of her last um, like celebrate, like um, triumphant, <laughs> like supporting her in town because people didn't love Hibiscus Detroit for who knows what reason. <laughs> Uh, maybe it was the cigarettes that she would just pour straight down into the drain. Maybe it was the grain alcohol that she washed her hair with. But John Dowd was one of the last people to celebrate her and push, please, please let her stay in her shack. Please let her stay in her shack. Because it was then that John Golden, <laughs> Selectman John Golden, decided to kick her out of her shack. He said, John, if you're listening, I love you. He said... I probably shouldn't say it. Okay. Gon Jolden. (laughs) Gon Jolden. Who I do love and you know I love you. He's not listening. (laughs) John. Gon Jolden. (laughs) Said we can't have this shack here. This is the health hazard. This is a danger. We cannot have this. there. And the kids are going to it. We can't allow this to happen. We have to remove this. And she has to either rent a real apartment or she has to go and of course she is distraught. Where is she gonna go? No one It's an insurance risk to have her in your house. No one is gonna put her in her house, you know, and she said they would say, Hibiscus, we'll give you an apartment, but do you promise you won't build fires for the mice? And she said, no, it's the winter. I have to help them stay warm. Amen. Exactly. So she'd have little fires for the mice, so they wouldn't let her in the place, so she was going to be kicked out, and John Dowd said, please, I mean, Don, Don Jowd, (laughs) Don Jowd said, please, please, please let her stay and he championed her outside of town hall, but it was no good. Her house was removed and she had to go. So she dejected. Where's she going to go? She walks herself down to the pier, where every tired working woman ends her day. (laughs) And it was there that she saw a skiff coming from the horizon to take her to exile. And boy, has she flourished on exile. You see if you are a horrible match for society in the united states of america in the 21st century you are an incredible match for exile (laughs) you want to build fires for mice in a timber apartment sure you're going to be on an aisle where the pitch pines are fire resistant (laughs) and where there's buckets of water in old um (laughs) how How'd that just fall out <laughs> <laughs> to feel a little lighter though um, when there's buckets of water hanging through the town um, in toilets um, urinals that occasionally spout free when it gets too hot like a heat wave like we're having a heat wave on exile right now are you having you're having a heat wave here right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are y'all holding up well mm-hmm. we have been a little crazy on the aisle we do um, we actually, we really do take care of each other, um, especially in the summer. of a lot of self community care sections. There is the tick check, which I do personally have to monitor because sometimes, especially the gentlemen, get a little frisky while checking for ticks. And it's always Paper Plate John, who's the one who offers to be the tick check nurse. Uh, gotta check, gotta check your behind. I think i got to check it behind again. I think there was something oh, near your behind. I think i got to check it behind again. <laughs> and then we have the, um, um, the pee-pee station to make sure that your PP is coming. Has anyone read, what did you say? It's working. Working. Um, I mean, actually, urine. Has anyone read Wilds by Cheryl Strayed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember the part where she's talking about PP in there? I'm an adult. Remember when she talked about peeing? She goes to this one part where we're in the desert where they're like, make sure you're peeing 11 times a day. So we have the same thing on Exile. So we have the water station where someone hooks you up to a dentist chair and then force guzzles you a gallon of water every hour. Um, and then we have the pee pee check. Um, it's just a trough. And there's just someone standing over it to make sure that it's not too yellow. Um, other community care. community care parts um, that they have on exile for the heat wave is there's a peach section Um, we have peach trees do you notice that we have peach trees throughout all of exile because actually exile shares the same trade winds as Georgia Um, so we have you they have the Georgia peach we have the eggy peach Yes, it's gorgeous, so we have the peach section, but um, Hibiscus Detroit, she's been volunteering at the flossing station, because you know when you're out, I don't know about y'all, but I work at a restaurant, when I am tired coming home from the restaurant, on my way home I say to myself, am I going to brush my teeth, no. (laughs) Am I going to floss my teeth, no. Am I going to do the dishes, absolutely no. But sometimes the brush and the floss, like, I still want that. The dishes, I'm okay to leave, but I really want to brush my teeth. So on eggs aisle, for the people that work late, there is a flossing station and a brushing station on your route, on the bike route home, where it's just two queens stand across from each other on a path to floss. And <laughs> <laughs> just curtain-line you. Is that what that's called? What's that called? Clothesline like you. Just clothesline you with the tooth. And it's, it's actually... It gets so deep in there. You see how beautiful my teeth are? You see how beautiful my gums are? That's because of that. They've been brutalized and healed over 35 times. And the brushing station is actually just um, a toilet brush that is held on a string that's just dipped into palm olive and just smacks you right as, right as you're coming back from the floss, you smack right into the toilet brush. And I think that's actually sweet to take care of each other, and that is why I love exile. On, in Provincetown I had my community, thank you, I had my community um, and I had a lot of love. But, you know, there was the community support. Everyone is working too much to give support to each other. Do you know what I mean? There's so many, like, I am blessed that you all are here, that you could take time out of your busy, because a lot of you are workers. So you've made time in your busy week to come to see me, which is the sweetest gift that mommy could ever be given. Um, but it, this is a very hard thing to do in Providence and so on exile. What is so sweet to see is the community coming together and being there for each other. You see, I was a little dirty, so I'm trying to be sweet at the end. <laughs> Um, But it's so nice to see people loving each other. And Hibiscus, she has someone that she dearly loves on Exile. There's an elderly woman (laughs) named Salt Flats. Um, Salt Flats is three feet tall. And she is an amazing oyster of knowledge um, of Cape Cod history, of Rhode Island history, um, and Exile history. Actually, she's one of the first Ex Islanders and Salt Flats was kicked out because um, some queens turned her place into what is now the bathroom at the Crown & Anchor (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Salt Flats um, is getting way too old and she needs care and we don't have a nursing home on Exile which maybe I should start Um, but so Hibiscus Detroit is there for her because Salt Flats is the mother that Hibiscus Detroit never had Salt Flats is the one who told her yes you can use a pad you don't have to use a tampon (laughs) Don't feel embarrassed that you don't want to put anything there. Just use the pad. That frayed Hibiscus Detroit. That was a 57-year weight on her shoulders that was lifted in a moment by Salt Flats, who smacked her on the behind and gave her a little energy to get out of the door, go to the market, and get a pad instead. But she didn't even get a pad. What she got was sanitary napkins. And she ran through the town with this freedom, because that's what Salt Flats gave her. Salt Flats gave her the freedom to be who she wanted to be. And she is living that life now. And if y'all end up on Exile, you will be able to see Hibiscus Detroit. So thank you so much. My dears, it has been so lovely to see you. Um, So we're gonna be here every Friday. Did you know this? We're gonna be here, right? Unless there's an opening. Unless there's an opening. (laughs) So we're going to be... We can, yeah, we can't do... Um, but we can do it outside. So yeah, we can exciting. do it outside. Also, I just wanted to let everyone know I will be holding a monkey monkeypox clinic um, tomorrow afternoon um, underneath the boat slip. Uh, <laughs> and by afternoon, I mean 1, 2 a.m. Um, I'll be one of the people in the back, so just grope for me. And once you feel my needle stab you, you'll know you got to the <laughs> the monkeypox clinic. Um, and then, so on August 5th, we're also gonna be at the Red Room. So you should come to see me and Anne Hutchinson. Also, you go follow her work online. Um, but my dears, it was so lovely to see you. So lovely to be back with you. And I hope you have a beautiful evening. And you have been listening to WOMR 92.1 and W... <laughs> say, say? <91. laughs> And WFMR Bruce, WF, yeah. WFMR 91. 91. Oh. WFMR 91.3. Yeah. Orleans and Brewster. Thank you.